hi everyone. Welcome to Two Guys in Search of an Argument. I'm John Heinz, and I am here as always with my dear friends and co-hosts who are permanently committed to the show, Peggy Bennett and Jim Gentili. <laughs> Peggy, hi. Hi. Jim, hi. John, at least for once you're at least half right. <laughs> Well, I work on being at least half right because fifty percent. I'm like an I'm like the American electoral system. I'm trying to be right. Um, we are here today with a dear friend of mine who I described at, when I when I first started talking about coming on the show. I described as somebody who could give me good advice for living, and then I realized that really the conversation might just go off in a different direction, and we and we'd see, and we'd see what happens. But he is a a bit of an adventurer who has. Uh, who has some pretty wild experiences in Chicago, Los Angeles, and in some uh, some scary parts of the we- other parts of the West Coast that I think we, we we may get to and have a chance to talk about. But I'm primarily he's here today just because he's one of the most eloquent, entertaining people that I know, and his name is Bill Granzo. Hi, Bill. Hey, hi guys. Nice. <laughs> How are you? Hi, Bill. Opening. Hey. Thanks for so, Bill. Why don't you just be eloquent and entertaining, and then you know Peg can get start packing for her trip. Eloquent and entertaining. Well, let's That's see. That's what all John has promised. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure there. Like he's so funny and entertaining, it gets his old time voice going, and before you know it, <laughs> you're sitting back in 1933. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know what to talk about. Well, yeah, that's like the worst possible of all questions. Like, go bark, go. dog. Um, it's, it's the it's a, it's among well, the meanest starts. I ever. would also say yeah. that that was the worst of all possible introductions, John, to say that he's eloquent and entertaining without anything more than that backing it up or. Without yeah. giving him any, why don't you ask Bill a question to start the conversation? I thought he was going to say I was pretty. And, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did. I started. I said, Bill, how are you? How okay, are you, that, Bill? That's going to start the conversation? Yeah, that's what I start with every I time. I can see why you did not get picked to be on 60 Minutes as one of the regulars, John. <laughs> I always start with a warm-up question to see okay, how the so person you, is because I don't want to. Since we're beyond the, the warm-up question, Jim. why don't you ask another question? How do you guys know each other? How do you guys know each other? Oh, wow. How did we meet, John? Through a group of people. Does it involve anything that would get you in trouble with your current employers? No. Current employer, I work for myself, so I'm okay with it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) John does have an employer. No, we didn't. Oh, never mind. We did not. We met through a group of friends that were kind of my age, who were gay, who were in Chicago at the time when I was kind of coming out and when we all, and we were all kind of doing similar things the, the the kind of the i think the overlap of our uh, uh, of bill and his his then partner and my friends was that i had a group of friends and i was going to a group of gay teachers called glisten and there were a group of teachers um, that were kind of forming in chicago as a kind of a quasi activist group and community group and I, there there was a lot of overlap with uh, a group of friends at, at that time. But honestly, we became independent friends just because as you get to know people and you're living life in a community, you get to know each other. So do I know you, Bill? I don't know. How tall am I? What I color is my That's hair? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm, uh... I mean, I, I guess you've been friends a long time. Yeah. I mean, gosh, uh, I would have met you at least t- around 2000. Yeah, like 18- well, let's put it this way, Bill. Yeah. Do you have do any recollection of having met Peg? No, because you never bring women. And around. Peg, do you have any <laughs> recollection of having met Bill? 
No, I don't, but okay. I feel like so Why don't we just met... pretend you don't know each other well, since uh, it seems like you don't remember each other? I've heard so many stories about Peg, though, let me tell you. Well, so, Bill, let me ask. Again, Peg has an employer, so we have to be oh, okay. a little bit careful about that. So, exactly. Bill, let me ask you this. So, you, you I, because the, the biggest thing that you've done in terms of moving has been one of the things that I'm most impressed by, which is your move to Los Angeles. So, you're, Chicago, you're from Michigan. Uh, you moved to yes. Chicago and lived in the Chicago area for a long time. And at one point, you made the leap to Los Angeles. Can you tell yes. us about that? Why'd you do it? Uh, well, okay. As a widower, I was trying to... Um, I don't know, run away from like, no, let's see. I, my partner died a year before and, uh, I think it was the first, well, as actually the second winter without him. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm in design and working for myself. I'm slow in the industry right now. Anyway, why don't I go investigate Los Angeles and, uh, use this wonderful thing called Airbnb so that I would not be staying in a hotel with me and my dog. And, uh, I was fell in love with Airbnb because, you know, in five or six months I stayed at five or six places in LA. And I just got a great feel for the city and, and how people live out there and fell in love with it. And then the next year I went out again and did it for four months and the next year, three months. And I realized I'm broke. I was trying to do these like snowbird elderly retirement things. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not really retired. But you um, were like 40. Yeah. Well, shut up. I, you mean 30. <laughs> I mean, well, um, no. Yeah. Now you're 40. So back then, you're, I'm sorry. Exactly. Now you're 30. Okay, so okay. back then you were 19. Exactly. Exactly. I was about, it was just barely out of high school. And, uh, um, no, I had a really big birthday this year and it just hurts. It hurts when I hear it out loud. Um, 50, 50, 50, it out loud. 50 is a good year. 50. Hey, so you were doing, uh, Airbnb for long term. Yeah. I mean, I could have done it for months and months, but, um, I was, uh, you know, I didn't want to just stay in one neighborhood. So I decided, okay, I talked to some friends who are actors and actresses in LA and I'm like, where should I stay? And I don't want to stay in a downtown hotel strip. And what do I do? And they're like, well, you know, I like the East side and other people are like, well, I like the ocean side and other people are like, just go find something. So I really, I, I started out like, uh, I think I was in Echo Park first. Echo Park, and- man. I love Echo Park. People, some other locals were like, why did you pick Echo Park? And I said, you know what? I live in Uptown in Chicago. Yeah, It's not much different. It's like Uptown and Pilsen had a baby. So I, I was in Echo Park. If you don't know Chicago, you won't get the joke. But anyway, but it is kind of true. Believe me, we've spent previous podcasts discussing Pilsen. We recorded really? a podcast in Pilsen. What a Pilsen podcast. That sounds positively perfect. <laughs> we should have had you as our interpreter this is where peg says bill this is where peg says you should have bill replace me on the podcast yes. no 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 my english is not so broken <laughs> it's like i'd let john break up english um <laughs> i just know it's pils and i had to go with my spanish-speaking friends because i i went my first time i was like there was not one person in the diner that spoke english and she's like no she goes no no i'll do all the ordering and all the talking and don't ask for anything other than el baño i was like okay but i love pilsen because it's delicious delicious it's a little I mean. bit like uptown so yeah so uptown is the the north side equivalent of of the south side pilsen that's a that's yeah. a, a pretty good analogy okay. and bill and i both lived in uptown when i was living there as well and that's why and that's why we would we actually kind of got to know for lack of a better word coffee shop culture <laughs> yeah yes we did we kind of closed one you know thanks Spike baker nash r.i.p <laughs> um and then we moved on to uh, emerald city cafe and 
I'll go anywhere there's coffee. Yes, anything with, and of course, only only people who are who are from within the gay community have a handle on exactly why they called it Emerald City Cafe. Why is that? <laughs> I, I mean, I know Jim knows because of the yellow. Brick I don't. Road. I have no idea I what you're talking knows. about. I, I assumed it used to be a jeweler's store. I had no idea. <laughs> Peg, do you know the answer to this question that John asserts no. that you do know? No, You're a pretty I'm good cat. About Peg's the, guess is right. Wizard of Oz. It's an the allusion Yellow to the Wizard of Oz. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Well, I could have guessed that much. That's but what I what said. Is the I said you could have mean? gotten it. Oh, what is a gay neighborhood? It's, it's a very gay neighborhood. Uptown is a very gay neighborhood. So when uh, we okay. were looking, so that's just what. But it the means. owner is yeah. a very, very it's straight, a, straight owner. Owner. He's like. Oh, like, interesting. I gotta ask Brian. I'll be like, Brian, why did you name this place Emerald? I mean, is it a gay exploitation cafe? No, the original. It's the second location. The first location is literally under the tracks at the Sheridan stop. I would call it a dirty, yeah, soaked. Hello, oh. like two blocks from the gay sauna. Is there a gay sauna over there? <laughs> gay bar, gay sauna, whatever. I mean, it's like right in the middle of Boys Town. No, 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 no. It's, is that a no? It, is that a bathhouse? No, no, no. Sauna? It's um, it's no, the Sheridan yeah, stop over over. Uh, yeah, I know. Sure, it's up on the red line. No, on the brown line. Oh, oh wait, no, red line. Oh my god, I'm getting my, I'm getting my colors. Oh, no, it's on the red line. I yeah. know where. Yeah, it's right under the L. It's, it's, it's in it's, Boys Town. That is no, functionally no, Boys Town. No, it's maybe it, a block it, away from Boys Town. No, it's only. It's just north of the uh, Wrigley Field. It's just an, a block north. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's where oh, Boys Town is. Field. That area is not. Boy, all right, fine. There's a bright line in Chicago between the Wrigleyville, which is where the twenty-something bros wearing baseball hats live, correct, and Boys Town, which is aren't any of them gay? No, there's a bright line between those two things. Yeah. So you're saying that gay people aren't young men wearing baseball hats? There are no gays or something. Like that. Uh. Is that true? I don't know. I would just always assume that those some of them are gay. No, I don't think so. Baseball I mean, hats aren't terribly gay. They are, they are, but I would say if you see somebody wearing a Cubs shirt around Wrigley Field during a game day and they're not wearing the cap, they're gay. If they're wearing the cap and the shirt, they're straight. Gay men aren't going to exactly. mess with their hair. I'm just telling you. Exactly. Okay, so like when I first, years ago, when I first actually for the first time met gay people, they used to be able to tell each other apart by how they wore their keys. Ah! So is this like a thing like that? or Is this like a janitor? Like a gay janitor? I've never heard of that. How you <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, that was what they, at least they told me. They were probably just making fun of uh, me. You're like, is, they used to yeah. tell me to be, where you wore your keys. Are those all the, the keys key hanging to the, to the left or are you happy to see me? Yeah, it was keys left or keys right, and it had, I don't, you know, and it was sort of a, you know, they could have been just making fun Jim, of Jim, can we bring that I back? I just want, I mean, because they have, like, I've heard of I, code. I've never heard I of literally code. have no impact upon gay culture myself. Really? Because so I, I thought uh, I met you on Grindr once. Uh, <laughs> you probably met someone better looking. Oh, okay. They're probably using your pick trying to catfish me. Oh. Uh, they're not using my pick. Catfishing. Is that a verb? Picked. They might be using my name. I don't know. Is that what it's called? It's catfishing? Called catfishing. Yes, John. Catfishing is a thing for sure. You know, actually, you, all you know, know what happened? Term? Yes. Yeah. Like, There's a movie about it. There's a movie and about and a TV it. TV program a on MTV for the kids. Yeah, that's right. There was a TV program too. And I just got attempted catfishing two days ago. Um, uh, uh, some guys tried talking to me, saying hello on OKCupid, okay which I always felt safe because it's a little more of a dating than a hookup site. That's where I and, met my husband. And I thought, how weird! I, I was like, 
that's my friend Brian. Why is he tech? Why is he? And it said like Pedro. I'm like, for one thing, he doesn't look like a Pedro. He's gorgeous, blonde, wow. tall man, six, three. And it said he was five, nine. He lived in Pennsylvania. I started clicking all the pictures and the screenshots and the conversations like, Brian, somebody's using your, 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 your info. And it, well, sort of your info, your, your, friend. Yeah. and he, his reply was, oh my God, he's doing it again. I go, what, wait, this is, and he said, it's been happening. The guy goes on his Facebook page, grabs his pictures, creates a new uh, person, a new, at a, a different, you know, maybe grinder one week, scruff one. In a way, it's kind of a con. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I just responded. Sure. I said, can I respond any way I want? And he said, sure. And I said, you know, basically, I said, I've been, I've been, you know, fishing you back. I said, I actually know the man in the photos. You're not that person. He knows who you are, aware that you've done this before. And I said, besides um, contacting OkCupid and deleting you, I said, he's pursuing other actions. And the guy immediately just deleted everything. So I thought it was funny. So on a site like that, what percentage of the people do you think are using fake photos? Probably only like 80, only 80%. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a big pool of 20% accuracy. <laughs> well, what do you mean by fake? Well, here's the thing. Okay. I mean, like I, photos I, that are not true, that are not actually well, the person. Okay. Well, that's probably maybe like 25% are using photos that aren't even them. Or some just put a picture of their cat. You know what I mean? Like, so they're like, <laughs> I get it. So you have to eventually ask, like, do you have a real picture? Not the pussy that you put on the front cover? Or, and then uh, some people are only interested in the pussy. I hear those, but those lesbians are busy working on my bike in my car. Okay, so, so there are straight people on OkCupid. I know that. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. My neighbor, I actually, OkCupid's, I think, started out straight and then went, you know, offered to oh, get Oh, so now it's gone from, it's now just one. So there are no sites that you can go on whether you're straight or gay now. You, you have to, they're like segregated no, that way. No, I know no, what it is. Is like when you go into OkCupid, you say what you are. I'm a, a, ma- a male. Okay. And now they even ask. Now they even ask if you're a cis male. So, and I'm like, well, I'm not that sissy. But, but I mean, um, they also are like, I'm a man seeking men, or I'm a man seeking women, right? Or, that or, kind then, of- or you put, I'm bisexual seeking both. So then it knows where to go. But you know right, what? I've okay. been getting a lot. Okay. I've been getting, especially on OkCupid again. Back to, I mean, not to throw them under the bus, but I love OkCupid. Um, I'll get a lot of straight women, like, all of a sudden you'll click on the, you're like, and they're trying to talk to you, like, new to Chicago, just looking for girlfriends, moved here from Ohio, love my gays, and they're trying to be, get into the no gay community way. with friends. And they're, like, literally not looking to be a straight woman sleeping with a gay man. They're looking for yeah. cool guys. Dang. Yeah. And At like, least oh, you that's hope that's not the case. Well, okay, then I have, oh, you know, well, here's my other problem, and it's on everything from Grinder to OkCupid and Scruff in the between. Um, these really cute guys, they're only five, seven, five, eight. They're like, Hey, and they're really built. They're kind of butch, usually bald with a beard. They're like, it's like talk to you for a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden you get into a certain point. They're like, well, you know, being a trans man, I don't really understand that. I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you say you're a trans am? <laughs> like, what, what did you just say? Wow. And I'm like, two weeks into talking, you find out they're a trans. And which is fine. I mean, I love that they're any form of man, but, um, I'm like, Oh, I, I wish I'd known that earlier. Um, it's not the stimulation I was, yeah, I was, I'm like, I'm, that's ah. interesting. Wow. Yeah. And I've had a lot of guys. So something about me looks pretty to them that I get all these. That's an okay Cupid too? All of them you're saying. Uh, oh, I've had it happen to me on uh, Grinder, Scruff, Adam for Adam, um, Jacked, okay Cupid. <laughs> Uh, hot daddy, daddy.com. I don't know. You name them all. I've, I've got like so. In my phone. So based on this, Bill, I think we have a pretty good idea of how you're spending your time. Well, yes, uh, taking care of my carpal tunnel. 
because I'm on that phone <laughs> clicking away like the kids do nowadays, I tell you. Man, you do it on your phone. Oh, crazy. I, what do you think oh. he does it on? He's like... A computer. Oh, a laptop. My laptop. That's meant for viewing so old-fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> There's many other adult things I'm downloading. I, can't, I have no time for that on my computer. Your computer's too It's got easy. viruses of its own. I gave it a shot of penicillin an hour ago. Well, so, Bill, what works on dating apps? <laughs> well, that penicillin won't. What? Did, what? what Who works? the works? What works for which? I don't know. Which John, you're a married person. Are you supposed to be asking these sorts of what? questions? Wait, wait. Yes. You're saying for dating, what works yeah. the most? What or works? for sex? What's different now? Um, well, all the above, well, I guess. I I will say, for me, I can only speak for one William Kenneth G. Gronzo. Um, I, um, I would say, okay, Cupid, I get the most attention, dates, conversations. After that would be scruff. And after that Scrub. would be <laughs> for Adam, and then uh, only a random grinder here and there, and and the others, the others I just look at because nobody talks to me, huh. and I'm such a delicate, shy um, flower, don't you know, John? Yes. That I, I prefer them to say hello first. Yeah, I'm just sure. a, such a shy introvert. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, Bill, I have a question for you. You've been out since when? Just now. Okay. <laughs> Just came out on so this relatively podcast. very good. Since I was fifth, so was a first for the podcast. No, seriously, how long well, have you been? How long have you what, been? Out? What layer of out? I mean, I guess I can. I consider it layers like onions. Okay, out to mm, people that you. Well, I guess uh, maybe the, my question's irrelevant. Let me ask what I really want to ask is. My question is: What's the biggest difference in the gay experience now than it was, say, twenty-five years ago? Well, 25 years ago, I'd have been just a child. Let's see. Um, yes, I realize that you were um, very young 25 years I, for ago. For me, it would be the socializing aspect, the drinking aspect, the the true uh, time in the community, like a, a, a necessary community. Now, because of my phone, did you just hear me? Like 25, at age 25, I was, I was literally out every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Trying to connect, trying to meet, trying to, whether it was just hanging with friends or just hoping to find the, the next guy or the uh, boy, I mean, yeah, a guy. And uh, so, and now it's like person. I sit home and I, the person, and uh, now it's like I, I get on every app to see if there's a question or a, a hello, a greeting. Did somebody look at my profile? So, so it's just a question of your, your more time on a screen and less time being face out in the face. world. Is that the yeah. biggest thing? So that's, uh, for, for I wonder me, if that's, even that's as much true for straight people as gay people. I would think, oh no, I think that's yeah, that's just the changing world of dating. But in the straight world, the difference was they didn't need a community. It was called the Globe was the community. Yeah, where, no, where I feel twenty five years ago you, we had an area in Chicago called Boys Town, which I right. just don't think it's as pressing of an issue anymore. And I, the other thing on top of that, which I think is even better, not just not not saying the screen time part, but also twenty five years ago, you as a gay guy, I felt like I had to go to Boys Town to feel comfortable in a bar, relaxed in a bar, hanging with people. Now I can go to any bar with a guy on my arm and nobody blinks twice. And they're like, oh, hey, you guys. Oh, you must be a couple. I'm like, no, that's my brother. So is that true? Literally any bar in Chicago you'd feel comfortable these days? Uh, even the one that's in Pilsen. Or, or it, put it this way. It's different. It's it's okay. Maybe it's much more open now than it was then. Right. Maybe there's a, per, a certain percentage. Like maybe I'm not 100% comfortable at a certain bar in a certain neighborhood. Um, but I'm more comfortable than I would have been 25 years ago. Yeah. Well, that's good. I think right? it's progress. That's progress. I, yeah. Yeah. So do you go I mean, out, something though? 
Uh, you say you do all this stuff online. Well, do you like here, dread it now if you're going to set up a meeting to meet somebody well, and the time I have comes no – like, Oh, my oh, God. I don't have a filter or a shy bone in my body. Oh, my God. I I will try to – if somebody just says hello, I'm like, hey, when do you want to meet? <laughs> They're like, what? I didn't really see okay. my favorite color yet. <laughs> I was like, I don't care what – So you just want to meet Well, people. You want to cut – Here's the, the thing. I had 12 amazing years with the love of my life, and when we met, it was um, happenstance. We were – in line at a charity event. I was a volunteer. He was in a tuxedo for the event. I, he, our eyes met. He turned around. My, I got goosebumps head to toe. My tongue swelled. I couldn't talk. John, have you ever known me? To no, I've talk? never known your tongue to swell. Um, it was, <laughs> so your tongue got, your tongue swelled. Like, swelled. like I literally might, I was tongue, like I, I felt like I didn't know how to press it against the roof of my mouth or against my teeth to speak. That's I got, a, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was having allergic. I'm allergic. I was allergic to my husband. I, uh, yeah, I was like, we have peg on the show for medical advice, just in case. <laughs> All right. So you, so you're telling us it was at love first, at first was, sight. And I was like, never that, anybody like, I have that. never felt chemistry before or since, uh, six months into our relationship. I was, we were talking in front of friends about how we met and his eyes got big as saucers. He's like, Oh my God, I had the same response. I'm like, what? And he goes, the hair is raised up everywhere. He's like, I was tongue tied. He was, I looked at you and I, he goes, never got skyrockets with anyone. And I was like, wow. So I, I kind of want to, I, it's such a high bar to hit, but it's like, I want some sort of chemistry and I'm not a science teacher. I get it, but I believe in chemistry. Bill, you lived at that time. After you met Steve, you moved, so, you moved out to Oak Park. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold Back it. it John, have you ever experienced oh, yeah. love at first sight? Oh, like oh, how about you, Peggy? Um, I I don't know if I'd call it love, but there was definitely Chemistry. a strong, yes, very at least strong. an hour lust at first sight. Ooh, oh, big time. <clears throat> no, I don't even know if it was lust. It was there was something, something, yeah, <clears throat> something, and where something. Did he, that's where for did he sure. carry his keys? <laughs> I remember him well. I mean, I remember that first moment well. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> where did he carry his keys? That's a great no, question. I, I, Jim's got that in my head. I'm going to ask him. He's like, where do you keep your, your keys in your pocket? I'm sorry. What I, about you, No, Jim? here's the thing. I'm an old, I'm yeah. much older than you are, Bill. And so, uh, and I, uh, uh, you know, in my day, uh, you know, we didn't, until I was like 18, I hadn't actually met anyone that I knew was gay. So, uh, as it turned out, of course, the, a lot of people I had met who were gay, I just didn't know it until I was like eight. That's okay. So. At least you're pretty. Um, you get things. <laughs> Jim, no. what about your love at first sight? Oh, no. my I have a much different standard, which is I try very hard to – the percentage of people who loathe me at first sight <gasps> is so high that I just work oh, on trying dodge, to reduce that dodge, to a manageable number. Question. It's true. Uh, I want an answer. People have a now. very – tend to have a very strong negative reaction to me. So what? that's generally where I – it's true. Yeah, but what about you having a positive reaction I, to somebody? I like a lot of people. We don't care what their reaction to you. We're no, talking about I, love. It's usually much more have a question had, of, of all had, the people have, I meet that I find. the question. Answer, that, have you had it happen? No. Love at first sight. Wow. Okay, thank you. Really? I think you're also a dentist. That was like pulling It was. Teeth. It was painful. So, Bill, you Thank were you. one of the first was, gay couples with nice. Steve to move to super liberal Oak Park. 
west of Chicago. Aww. And before you, before after he passed away, you moved back into the city. But I'm curious, what was life like in Oak Park back in the in, in the kind of the early gay days of a gay suburb? It was like the, the no. What de- when we say the early gay days? For those of us who don't know, what what decade? Uh, it was like 1998. So back in the 1900s, I tell you. So 20 yeah. years ago. Oh yeah, 20 years ago. 20 years ago. And uh, it was fabulous. I, for me, instead of Mayberry, I called it Gayberry because it was like Gayberry RFD. It, it was just Americana, slice Americana meets open lip. Like, again, you, if, you're, if you're at the local ice cream parlor and you could be holding hands with your partner or ha- leaning on him or hugging on him while you're picking out an ice cream and not a kid, a granny, anyone blink, they're like, oh, what flavor are you getting? That's all they cared about. If anything, they were like, oh, he's got the big... Now, what flavor you're getting, that's code for something. <laughs> well, it's not just that. You have to mix the, the flavor with how many scoops. Can I get a three-way? A three-way? Yeah. And whether there are sprinkles. Yeah. Oh, oh what kind of sprinkles? sprinkles. Come on. If you, what gay man wouldn't get a sprinkle <laughs> on his cone? I like the way you guys are thinking. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. But I loved Oak Park. It was great. Have you ever seen the play or the movie, The Boys in the Band? I saw the original 1971 production by MGM. The the film? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Great. Great. Yeah. What did you think of it? What do you think of it? Well, I was young. I was probably in my early 20s when I saw it. <laughs> I thought it was like a bad... Like, that was in 1998 then. then yeah, when you I, saw I just it, thought right? it was Basically. so outdated. I, I couldn't even relate. I couldn't... Because it was outdated by the it time was, you it was saw more, it. It was actually, yeah, it was so outdated that it was, it was comical. I mean, I get I get the, the seriousness of it and the tone of it and the time of it. And it was like written in 68, filmed in 71, you know, or released in 71. But it's, it, I was like, wow, I can't, I can't wrap my head around, I don't know, the characters, the, 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 the bad overacting of flamboyant, like, I'm going to point out that I'm gay. You were like, oh, everyone was, you know. <laughs> so Bill... Something's going on. There's going some on violence with Ben at home. In the, in the Bennett Vonk You know, household. Bill, I know but, you're a Michigander, uh, so you understand this, but we uh, we have more oh. than when, when after Jim and I visited Peggy this summer in Grand Rapids, we kind of were exposed to the the brutality that is Grand Rapids. It is a that is a rough place. Is it really? We heard some violence. Wait, what in happened? The I missed well, it. We were making fun of you because we heard you. We heard some sort of family squabble. Charlie. Oh yeah, my mom just came over with her best friend from fifth grade, Aww. who's in town. All of a sudden, she just landed, so I had to go say hi. All right, tell your mom. Um, that her, it looks like her candidate for governor is going to win. So, I will. She'll be happy. So, uh, wait, let's see. I was going to ask something. So, in 1999, I had just moved to Philly. Maybe that's why I haven't met Bill. <gasps> oh. I'm back to that. I'm back. I'm being. I'm being obsessed. About I will send you pictures. Or solipsistic. I think we met much earlier word. than that. I think we met significantly yeah, okay. earlier. My guess is going to be we met more like 1990. Bill and I met in more like 1995 or 1994. Well, that's what I was going to say because you said when yes. you were coming out and you were yes. not. Coming I think out we were. I don't think we were in the in t- the tight realm of friends, but I think we. I think we knew each other back then. Or certainly, our circles of friends. Did, did I? Th- I. Th- I think there was a yeah. combination. Well, it's easy. The question is, did you meet Bill before you moved to LA? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did. I. I. I, okay, so I feel fairly sure LA I did because because that's that gr- the group of friends that I'm referring to all was before LA, so it would have made sense. Yeah, for sure. Should we use the P word? Plotnik? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was through Plotnik, Plotnik and Dave. Lo- yeah, yeah, Peggy knows oh, I know David Plotnik. Him. I know him. 
Yeah, Dave, Dave Thomas. Thomas, Dave Larson, yeah, all the you Daves. No, Dave, Dave, Dave uh, Thomas. He's a Cubs fan and, and completely exactly. Gay, so yep, there you go. Um, where are you from in Michigan? Oh, you betcha. I'm from uh, Mid Michigan, a town called Midland. <laughs> oh, you Midland, know Midland? Eh? That's oh, d- you're very Minnesota. D- you know, That's well, more my, Minnesota. My mom's got this really sweet kind of like it's not quite a UP, but it's it's just a little bit of sugar sing song in there, you know. Darn it, Ron! Yeah. I've been talking hey, to the that? answering machine. He didn't pick up. <laughs> I'm like, oh. what's that radio station? Oh, w- Saginaw Midland. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. Um, WXM. WXFM. I think yeah. <laughs> so oh, and now Flint always tries. Sure, I know Midland. Midland, yeah. Dow Chemical World Headquarters. We all glow green. Yeah, my my good friend married a Midland man whose parents worked and grandparents worked for Dow. Oh, my condolences. Everyone works at Dow in some capacity. It's like Dow is the number one. Yes. Dow Corning was number two, but that now got absorbed by Dow last year. And then the um, city, and then the hospital. So you've got three employers: a hospital, a city, and a. So, Dow. do you ever go back to Midland? Uh, I'm through. Court orders. I'm forced to go twice a year. That would be for my mother's court of oh. mom, and uh, that's at Christmas and once in summer. It's a six-hour drive okay. from Chicago to my folks' house. So people always think, "Oh, Michigan's so close." I'm like, "That's Saugatuck. That's not even." You know what? It's okay. Six hours is okay. It's mm, worth it. Come well, on it's, now. No, uh, uh, you know what? Except it's during holidays. It's so you try going at Christmas. It can actually be another hour, hour and a half, two. How are the how are the apples in Midland, Michigan, Bill? Uh, the ones in Midland you do not eat. They're probably so Midland, pesticide. unlike Grand Rapids, does not have good apples. Well, I should uh, You know what? You have to get on that side of the state. Uh, Grand Rapids and north of Grand Rapids is apples, cherries, orchards. Like They're beautiful. Um, I've never really been to Grand Rapids, so I've, I've only heard amazing stories. Well, you, you have you not lived. You should do a detour. Well, you have not lived. Friends that grew at Christmas. I will year. be there. I w- Christmas this year. Don't make it. No, I won't because uh, Grand Rapids is easier to get to than Midland, Michigan. And it it is. It's three hours. I just had a neighbor in my condo building, him and his wife, um, well, they were fiancés when they moved up earlier in the summer. They decided to get rid of Chicago in their system and they're moving to Grand They moved to Grand Rapids this summer. And I said, why? And they said, you know oh, what? Really? They, go, they were investigating. They said it's number in the top 10, but I want to say it was like in two or three or one um, for best smaller large cities like it's not like you know it's not chicago new york la but they said for a for a good size city and for work uh life balance and then for cost of living and we had a whole list of reasons grand rapids is like really hot right now yeah it makes all the lists these days it does it hits every box and so they were like you know what we're young we want to sell our condo and the condo they sold here was enough to buy a a house 10 times the size with a yard for the dogs yeah yeah and they just they can't say enough they're like they're the the short time they've been there just this summer they're they're really happy with the move oh good i'm glad to hear it i was like everyone there is nice well they're not everyone there is very everyone i know still lacking in diversity so if you if you go in for that sort of well how are the gay and we don't have a we don't have a French bistro, and, and the, there's one gay bar for sure. But I, there's probably more. Your, but I only your know gay bar is. Sure. I mean, your gayberhood is only one bar for gayberhood. I don't know. There's might there might be more. I don't know. 
Hey, yeah, so that's yeah. how out of touch I am. But the kids nowadays, I hear you. About a week. Well, you know yeah. why? Because about a week before Bill, before I moved to two weeks before I moved to China, Bill and I met at an uptown community meeting run by a police officer because there was I don't know the fiftieth gun shooting about a block from our houses, from our collective houses. So, Bill, I'm curious about what your take on Chicago, about your take on uh, on what's happening with violence in Chicago. Oh. That's quite wow. a segue. Um, there's know, so many facets to that because well, because in the last Rapids two days, a good escape from that, Jim. That's what made me think of it. I was like, Grand, well, it, it, you not know as what? Much gun violence um, in Grand Rapids as there is in Chicago. There, for example, when my niece moved in with me for she was with me for about a year and a half, and she'd only been here a couple of weeks, and there was a shooting right outside my building on uh, just I mean, one building away from me, and she was literally, you know. 100 feet from it like it kind of blew her mind like i just watched two gang members shoot each other in the leg i was like yeah i should have warned you and it was two in the afternoon like a time you wouldn't expect it Mm -hmm. and that's where uptown i noticed when i moved in it seems like from noon to 6 p.m is when the shootings happen in uptown um it's just it's like on the south side or austin or inglewood they're like anywhere in the evenings till three in the morning like 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. So it's very like, I don't know, it's daytime driven. And then it's always usually gang violence. And uh, usually, fortunately, don't hear of accidental victims, non-intended victims. Um, However, just in the last few days up in Rogers Park, there's some weird random shooting going on. Um, Middle of the day, uh, they they showed his... uh, this person, they can't really, I mean, it could be a woman, but it looks like a man, covered in like black and ninja and has been shooting people in the head. Um, just a guy walking his dogs, another guy who was just walking by the lake. Um, so that scares me more, these random mm-hmm. shootings that are now happening the last 48 hours, than the gang violence. What are you doing I mean, about again, it? Again, well, staying out of Rogers Park. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, I mean, with the with the, I mean, okay. What it's, can I, I anyone still... do about random shootings, John? Well, I don't know. I feel like as a member of the community, when I mean, that's why Bill and I bumped into each other at this community meeting. I assume we were both like, we have to do something. This happened fifty feet yes. from our house on the corner at two o'clock in the afternoon. We need to do something. And then I actually met one of Bill's other neighbors who had a who was a had a baby, and their nanny did get hit. I thought by a random ricochet bullet scrap that came through their front window. Okay, so what 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 could you guys do? What did you do? But that's we went to the meeting. I don't that's why I'm asking if Bill's done more if there's more to do. I've been to I've been to more meetings and we went to meeting um right around the corner from me there's a Heartland community building where our friend Dave Thomas used to work. I mean at the he worked for the as a social worker for the for Heartland but not that building but he he told me what the he's like really you want to live next to and I said well I'm willing to live anywhere. But um We've had lots of problems with um, drugs going in and out of that building, and um, and right in front of that building is where a lot of shootings been happening. And matter of fact, uh, it's it's almost like become turf war. And Heartland is like, oh, but it, we're trying to help people, but it's really just creating a cesspool right in front of their building. So we finally got the police degree to do a meeting with the management there and some people involved. And they were so Pollyanna. All they wanted to talk about was bike safety and garage door safety. And finally, my neighbor stepped and goes, quit, basically, quit the BS. We're here to talk about all the shootings, gunfire, drugs, the real crime, the real stuff. Mm-hmm. Quit talking about bike locks and safety. <laughs> it's like, you can have my bike. I want a safe neighborhood. But that's that meeting kind of opened my eyes up that it's... I, 
I know they would say every person can help with change. I just see that the police don't care. Heartland doesn't care. Uh, the turf war is so bizarre. And they don't even pay taxes. They call it their turf. I was like, really? I'm going to be your property just because you tagged it. Um, but, you know, it's it's some days I get bothered by it. And other days I just let it go. Um, it was a year ago, almost in this November will be a year ago that six o'clock at night, I went to sit on my sofa and turn on the TV six sharp. And there were multiple guns. They found 36 shell casings right outside my building. And that was a, a, a young 15 year old that was killed and another 19 year old that was wounded. And uh, all the guys just scattered. It was like three people uh, with them that were shooting at each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do, what do I do? But what freaked me out is at six o'clock, boy, that new train that they, uh, train station they made, everyone's coming home from work. There were people out walking their dogs at six when they got home from work. There were people walking home with their kids. That scares me more because that is a, a busy pedestrian time for my neighborhood. And mm-hmm. people ran every direction. It wasn't like the empty street at two or at noon. So you, you, you know, so you obviously are at a point in your life where you could probably live anywhere you wanted, or at least you could certainly move to a different neighborhood. Why, why do you stay? Um, I feel like I've lived a good life. If I got a straight bullet? No. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, when you've had all your loved ones, not that John's not a loved one, but I mean, like you lose your partner, you lose your dog, you lose uh, my best friends got passed a few years before that. It's like, oh, like they died at 30 and 40. I'm like, I've made it to 50. Um, I'm not as scared. I'm again, I think if I were a mother and had or a father and had a child in a stroller, I'd be getting well, my ass out of here. I'll be honest. Well, it's that's what I me. said because you seem that you're the you're this hilarious blend of this fantastic blend of person who who obviously is in, engaged with the community. I mean, I've bumped it, like I say, I bump into you in the community all the time when I live there. And at the same time, you're kind of, you know, you could you, you have the flexibility to move, but at the same time, you are uh you're kind of aware and uh, of of what's going on and and kind of trying to take steps to do something about it. So that's why I like I like hearing where you are. But I I mean I know you like the neighborhood. What do you actually? Let me talk about that for a minute. What I do you love, like I about the neighborhood of Uptown? Yeah. Oh my God! Well, the diver- can I number one diversity. Growing up in Mid Michigan, Peg can you know attest to this. I grew up mm-hmm. in the most waspy mm-hmm. white. Awful. I mean, not. Oh man, it's. I don't know how to put. Off white. I don't say awful because they weren't awful people. But the, just yeah, leave it out. Just leave it out. Waspy white people. Waspy and, white. Uh, and then you move to Chicago, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is variety. I used to get a vanilla donut every day or something plain. Now they have donuts with like crumbles and flakes and sprinkles. And, and sprinkles. And, yeah, I love my boys with their sprinkles as long as they have their keys to the side. And uh, they, uh, it just, you know, I go back to Michigan. <laughs> And I get, oh, Jim's still in this. Yeah, I get the keys. But Sorry, I, I'm I not allowed to, to be on this or part of the <laughs> no. conversation. Well, I picture you with two sets of keys, if that makes any sense. But um, <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> means you have more holes to... I think <laughs> all the people that would know what I was talking about quite possibly have passed away at this Aww, point. I'm so but, sorry. Well, maybe you took on... Well, I'm old, so... You're yeah, not I'm that old. old so, you know. Well, at least you got pretty in there. I'm neither. I'm just old. <laughs> So where's Uptown? Okay, so like the major intersection people think of Uptown is Broadway and Lawrence. That's kind of the just since we're doing definitions. Yeah, yeah, Broadway and Lawrence. What's the definition? What's the geographical boundaries of Boys Town? Well, do you – oh, Boys Town? Uh, Boys Town, technically, I think people consider Belmont to the south and um, all the way to uh, Grace, maybe, up to the north. Mm -hmm. And then it's really just the two streets, for the most part, the the main – arteries are broadway and and uh halstead 
from the southern point to the northern point. And then, of course, you've got streets that branch off of that where the guys live, but that's that's the business center, bar center, restaurants, stuff like that. And so bar, Boys Town... So do you still... I, I know we already covered this, but do you go there uh, a lot you know, anymore? I you said never, you don't really have to. I, even in my 20s, I was not part of the pretty committee. I'm sorry. I, I didn't like going there when I was... I went there because I wanted to have fun, uh, and I would go with my friends a lot, but I never went as much as my friends. Why? What didn't you like about it? Why didn't you feel as comfortable as your friends? <sighs> Do you think I've been there more times than you? I'm sure you have because you're a fun, pretty <laughs> gal. Let me tell you. You get the attention. Even a gay man's like, I'll buy a pretty good oh, drink. Um, I'll so. put it this way. All my friends got boys talking to them and wanted their attention within minutes of walking in. And I was kind of like their wingman. And then usually I'd be like, okay, Scott's already hooked up. I'm going to go. I was never the boy who got a boy. So you're just you're not you're not that into way. that sort of you know go meet a guy at the bar kind of thing. Well, I knew you were the same person. Well, we're I'm the same person in different genders. I'm not. I'm not in a different guy, but in different. Every guy yes. wants, wants the attention, and there was I've never in 50 years had a, other than my partner. I've never had a boy give me attention. So why would you keep going to the same place where nobody on the playground plays with you? I hear you. Is what I'm saying. Tell it. Can can I ask? Do you feel up to talking about? Because one of the the it's obviously a very profound experience to lose someone that you love, and clearly you you were in love with your partner, your your husband, whatever. Oh, yes. Uh, do you do you feel up to talking about that? That must have been a very very difficult thing for you, and probably still is on some level. Uh, the worst 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 thing ever. However as my partner would point out when he was dying of cancer is like, you're going to remember one worst day of your life, the day you lose me. And that's true. It's, it can be, if I want to think about it, it can, it can come into my head every day. But he's like, think of t- every day for 12 years that we were blessed with an amazing road, amazing journey, amazing relationship, a lot of love. He's like, so, you know, don't dwell on the one day, you know, think and, and enjoy the 12 years. So, and same with my, when my dog died. I, she died at 16. I was like, you know what? That was the worst fucking day to lose my dog. But I had 16. I got four more years out of my dog than my husband. <laughs> I was like, I, like, I got to be happy. So I, was John there for you for either of those horrible John events? was usually out of town mm-hmm. or and traveling. Just so I'm clear about this, your, when did you lose your partner? Well, it feels like eight minutes ago, but it's actually been eight years. And have you ever met anybody since then that's... I've only really tried dating after about four years. I finally friends were like, you got to get on these things called grinder. And so that's my friend, uh, um, Jerry and Ralph, they got me on those. And in the last four years, I've been trying to date again. However, last year was the first time that I thought I I was like, Oh, I think I might've met my husband. Number two, 2.0. He turned out to be crazy. Mm. We dated for about five months. He was in California, lived in Carmel by the sea. But not crazy good. No. And Pete, he was, uh, you ever heard of a, a guy named Donald Trump? He was basically yes. took on Trump for NPD. Like he had narcissistic personality disorder to the nth degree. Mm. I mean, a friend of mine who met him, I couldn't figure out what was off. And my friend, she's a doctor here in Chicago. She's a, a hand and wrist surgeon. She's like, the first day she met him, she's like, oh, he, he's kind of nice. Second time she met him, she goes, something's odd. And I can't tell you what it is, but I'm going to figure it out. Third time she meets she pulls me aside at the restaurant. She goes, I figured out what it is. You need to cut and run. I said, why? What happened? What do you mean? She goes, he's got NPD. Look it up if you're not familiar. She goes, tell me if he doesn't check off every box. Sure enough, he was going to back home to California the next day. And I went on after he left. 
looked it up and I was like, holy crap, that's John. That's him. That's the guy. I was like, not John, not John Hines. Hines. No, no, no. Just they, this, for clarity, this was Dr. John. Okay. Yeah, this doctor's name was John. No, probably best <laughs> if we don't use his. No, 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 no. I'm just telling him Dr. John. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Now, lots of Johns out there. No. Um, no, no. He's, he's. I mean, there are only 10 people that listen to this, but you never Oh, you guys know, are up to so double digits know. now. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, he turned out to be really, really crazy. And, that, and then we had a hashtag movie. If we ever get Peg to listen, we'll be up to 11. 11, but, teen. You know, Why, Peg, turn on your microphones <laughs> um, or your computer. Yeah, I um, uh, basically, he, yeah, he turned out, it, it was right before the hashtag Me Too movement. And I had my own hashtag Me Too moment uh, out in California. And it was awful. So, so now like, you're right, like going to be gun shy again for a little while, right? I'm very gun shy. I just went on um, three dates in the last two weeks with an, another fella who's a doctor, <laughs> and I realized I'm not supposed to date doctors. <laughs> and, like the very first date was so sweet and kind and romantic. He did all these just. I'll bet Peg has a few stories about doctors of her own. I'm yeah, sure but I want to hear the ones about morticians. <laughs> I don't have any mortician <laughs> stories. Oh, come on. Everyone's got a dark... D- I don't know. So that's <laughs> uh, that's good. We could talk about Tobin Book, but, uh, you know, that's uh, nothing. Yeah. Oh. He went to, yeah, he went to a mortician to, to study. Now, he didn't go to mortician school, right? Yeah. He, but he, he understudied. He, worked, he volunteered Ooh. to work in the morgue is what wow. he did. This is a former guest of ours who writes, who writes uh, crime fiction, and he went to... He, and he went to a uh, he went to a mortician to research, and Peggy was like, "I want to go." Yes, I would. True crime, historical true crime story. Wow, I just remember meeting when I was in high school. A guy was a, a young guy in a mortician school, and he was gorgeous. And I think I had a. I didn't realize at the time it was a crush, but now as an adult, I'm like, "Oh, I had a crush on him." <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I was like, and I remember always thinking, like, he seemed like a used car salesman more than a mortician. I was like, What's the what? difference? <laughs> but that's he's going to be went up some sure. <laughs> the plush so one like, really totally after marrying my husband it was like yeah i mean they basically like hey look at this urn it's only three thousand dollars i bought the same urn at costco for 90 i was like all right just checking what's the serial number or you don't even need the urn. let's talk about interior let's talk about interior design a little bit so what's changed and you for a while you used to work in interior design for an employer and then you moved on to doing your own thing how has interior design changed well I left basically because I tried going back after my partner passed I was I took six months off on sabbatical and went back and I was at the showroom one day and this client like kept coming in and or she was calling calling every day I was like if you have a question you know you know it's gonna be about a 12 week lead time for some custom product but you know if you have a question or want to update just call or email me i'll let you know what the update is literally for a week she'd call after i was like it's only been 24 hours it's really only in their system and then next day we're like fine i can check and see if they send us notes and they send us notes then like the 10th day she's comes in the store i'm like hey what are you doing and she goes well i just want to know what what's an update i'm driving by i was like are you serious i just went ballistic i was like do you have a party you didn't tell me about no do you have cancer i don't know about no is your kid over in iraq fighting no i was like well then you have nothing but sunshine coming out your ass. I was basically, I mean, in a slightly, slightly, only slightly nicer way. Another designer grabs me. He's like, I need to talk to Bill. Pulls me in the back and says, what are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? I was like, that, you know what, is just, she goes, I know, but you were borderline yelling at her. I was like, well, she's an idiot. <laughs> she's like, and they, and that's, when, and I remember that them going, well. you need to take more time off because you're, and I went to my therapist and he goes, yeah, if you're, he goes, you need to pull away. And so I, when I pulled away, I was like, I need to just work for myself. I can't even. And so basically that was about, um, 
seven years ago. Yeah. And um, the difference is I'm not making as much money, but I'm happier. <laughs> so, um, mm -hmm. But uh, in the design industry, I don't know. I mean, I've seen trends since, I mean, I've been in it since 1986. So yeah. I've seen things come and go, trends come and go, things that stay, things that don't. Um, You're only 50. I know. My first job, I was a senior in high school. I, I worked for a designer by the name of Laura Lofiego out of Midland, Michigan. And um, <laughs> it was probably, she should be still out. She's probably in her 80s now. Wonderful, amazing woman. And uh, I love her to death. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was my high school co-op job. And she's like, you've got talent, kid. Get out there and show the crowds. So then I used to take it off and use the pole and show the crowds what I could do. Hey, you should call her when you go home. <laughs> I know. She's still in. Look at know. how you remember that. So oh. That would make her final days so happy. Oh, she's, yeah. Well, she's got so much talent. Her final days, her happy days. Or she might. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> her final days. Hey, no, do you have some, like, Walmart? inside yeah, medical information that we, uh. I'm probably having my final days on this stupid podcast right now. Um, as consumers, how what do you guys feel about interior design? Like, what do you feel about? Do you have you oh as God. as you as you grow older? Like, I've noticed people uh, as they were younger might have a certain idea who they are, what they like, and then before you know it, they're they're changing, and then ten years later they're changing again. And I'm like, it's interesting. You know, it's almost like as a young woman, you're into this aesthetic or look. And then by the time you're 40, you're like, oh, now I can wear Chanel. You know, like, and it just seems to change. My aesthetics goofed up because I've lived too many places and have been drawn but in yours... too many directions. So I have no idea. We have an apartment in China and like, it's a given here that you're going to have like thick purple velour curtains that I would mm. expect only to see in like a midtown Manhattan Ooh. drag queens apartment. And yet here it is in China as like part of mainstream culture. It's like, I I've been, I've been dragged in different directions mentally over the years. And so I don't even, tr I don't trust my sense of my sense of style at all. I kind of just go with whatever, you know, I just nor do any of us trust your style of sense of style. Uh, clearly. Ouch. Clearly. Well, and then even fire has caused you to change your interior. Exactly. After I burned my house down. Exactly. I burned my house down. Which That's which, kind of an extreme yeah. fire, form fire, of interior fire. design, right? Is to start a fire at your house. The scorched well, earth policy. He, he didn't forget you didn't have a fireplace in that house. That's correct. Like I, I was did, just started a fire for some marshmallows. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so let me ask one more question, Bill. So the election's coming up. Chicago, you're there on the ground in Illinois. The governor's race is coming up. Where, where What's going to happen and what should happen? Well, I was just noticing in the news Pritzker. today that, um, um, oh my goodness, I forget, uh, P, uh, PJ. Pritzker. Or, uh, yeah, Pritzker. Um, there's talk about um, him and his $300,000 tax. <laughs> yeah, his three, plumbing uh, um, hack. And uh, whether they're going to press charges on that or, or what, you know, will the whole thing just flush away? Oh, well, or but, will it? Well, <laughs> thank you. Or will it really affect him? You know, me as a diehard Democrat, I still push D on the whole box. I'm like, well, let them figure that out. I was like, if one guy did one scam at one time, yeah, we have Trump in the office. I'm like, I'm OK. He'd hardly be the first <laughs> governor of Illinois to go to jail. Well, oh, my God. We still got Blavovich in there and the others that have been in and out. And yeah. For, but you know what's funny? In the news, they said actually it's him that's really not in any house. It's more his wife, MK. 
Well, according to the latest that. poll I've seen, he's got like a twenty-point lead. So I don't think I'd be too. Yeah, no, I'm well with yeah with. Uh, I think uh, everyone's done with with having a Republican at helm. So yeah, and I'm sure you know what round. I'm sure Rounder he's had his own toilet tax evasion somewhere. He just hasn't come go. out. I think we're ready yeah. for recommendations, John. <laughs> yeah, so let's move segment. on to the next segment. Bill, we do a segment at the end of our of every episode where each one of us and our guests gives a recommendation. <laughs> it can be any kind of recommendation to our guests. We want to tell something, them something you know, that we recommend. Maybe recent in your life that you would like to recommend. So I'll go first um, or... John, well, go first. Think, by all I'll means. let you think, Bill, and I'll go first. Yeah. So my recommendation, right. <clears throat> my my recommendation is a podcast call is is a is a podcast because I'm kind of um uh, I'm pretty obsessed with podcasts. But uh, I, one new one that I found that's a combination of entertaining and weird is is a, a series of podcast podcast called Akimbo by Seth Godin, and my sister Mary Didn't actually you recommend this the last time. I don't think so. Did I recommend Seth Godin's one, his podcast? I don't know. I thought you did. I don't know. I listened to a new episode where it was about, um, he talked about selfishness, altruism, and our culture as a way of kind of persuading people to be more open in how they communicate with each other. It's kind of a broad, he's a marketing expert who talks very broadly about how to live life. And I like him. And this podcast, this particular one has been really something I've been listening to a lot lately. So that's my recognition. I think it's, 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 it's very unusual. He is a marketing guy and you would never guess he's a marketing guy. He actually was on a, uh, Krista Tippett's on being radio show podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago as a guest and, you know, she typically has on kind of big thinkers and almost spiritual, religious or, or you know, kind of goody two-shoes types. And I typically wouldn't have thought of Seth Godin as that. But then it turns out he's that's kind of the world he's moved into. So I like that's my recommendation. I like Seth Godin. I think it's a it's a pretty interesting podcast, although it's, you have to do it in small doses because it can get a little overwhelming if you listen to it too much. Peggy? <laughs> um, well... Uh, once again, I didn't prepare for a uh, this this segment that we do every episode. So nothing that um, in the last two weeks has stuck in I your mind. Memory getting at least seven hours of sleep, if possible. <laughs> do you get seven hours of I'm, sleep I've every been night? Trying, I've been seven. trying harder, and it's been nice, but it doesn't always work. So what do you do to try harder? Do you go to go bed, to bed earlier? earlier. That yeah. You... Yes. Okay. Seven hours of so wow. Peg basically recommends more unconsciousness. Yes, right. Very good, Bill. Wow, I recommend ten hours of sleep, but um, <laughs> oh, I'm so <laughs> jealous. <laughs> no, I think eight feels so good that I take nine, but want ten. I'm oh. just telling you. Do you really sleep nine hours every night? Oh, I wish. No, eight. I probably sleep eight. Oh, but, um, yeah, that's eight, nice. nine, or ten is my limit. I tell you, we're, yeah, I sleep about five, but that's all right. No, mine works for anything. Uh, Guys that I date. Eight, go ahead. Ten. So, Bill, what what would you like to recommend? Well, Have you read a book or two a movie? Or I always, always, sure. always recommend The Daily Special because wherever you're at, it's always going to be fresh It's or it's leftovers. Either way, it's delicious. Oh, yes. um, but the other thing I recommend, <laughs> you know. So either fresh or stale, well, you no, recommend. Did the you ever like when your mom's like, we're having leftovers. You're like, and she just reconcocted it by adding like condensed milk or something. You're like, what? It's good. Who knew? Um, that was my mom. Maybe that's true in Midland, Michigan. I don't oh, darn it. You remember in Midland, Michigan. You're the best, I tell you. <laughs> 
Jim listens. And the second recommendation. The real recommendation besides that, I mean, that is real, um, is Alarmist Brewing. It's an amazing little micro brewery here in Chicago. How do you spell that? Alarmist? Jonathan. A-L-A-R-M-I-S-T. It's you, John, most of the time. Brewing? (laughs) Okay. So Alarmist Brewing, and it's in the Saga. John is Alarmist, and Peg is Brewing. That is really... There's Panic Brewing. Um... Yeah, it's in the Saganash neighborhood near Peterson Pulaski. It's uh, off of Peterson, mm-hmm. and um, they just won. They, they've only opened their tap. They've opened the brewery about four years ago. They opened a tap room about a year ago to sell their wares inside the tap room, and um, they they just won first place for a beer they sent in to the largest beer. Um, uh, I don't know what it's called. Awards um, prizes. Big brewing, yeah, award, something. the big brewing, micro brewing, yeah, the big beer award <laughs> in Denver, Colorado, the big micro brew, yeah, the big, the oxymoron beer why, award, jumbo shrimp, I tell you. So, yeah, they uh, sent a beer in in the hazy IPA category or something. It was called Le Jus, and they said it was the first mm-hmm. time ad- adding a hazy, um, juicy IPA to their categories. And so, because it was new, they had 391 entries, and they uh, the article I read said they've never had that many entries for any of their beers. So they were shocked at everyone nationwide sending in every hazy, juicy. And out of 391, they got first place. Nice. And you go. I Alarmist. thought that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Especially they're new. And, um, oh, yeah, they're very new. Um, I happen to be an investor, so it is a little bit of a... So- <laughs> Like a little oh, good. We like so that. It's not so much good. a recommendation as Commercial? it is free advertisement. No, yes. no it's, it's only the only reason why I very, would you would you guys like to sponsor the podcast? By the way, we're always looking pie. for sponsors. Mama's Brewing. Well, um, technically, I only own one percent because I was just a small, small. Well, could you get another forty nine percent to come in to sponsor the podcast? Well, I'll great. pass it through and see what they say. Um, but it's amazing. I'm not even really a pig drinks a lot of beer. Drink beer. So, hey, you know, when are you going to come stay with me? We'll go to Alarmist. I'm, int- I'm intrigued by Alarmist, actually. Because I come visit you in Grand yeah. Rapids. You show me all the beauty there, and I will take you around. I have two guest rooms. John can vouch. You can come. Okay. Jim can come. Everyone can come. Yes. Um, you don't want design. me, Bill. Oh, no, no. I, you, know, you, you have an address here, but you're always welcome to stay here, too. My God, John, you know where I live. You've been... I don't have an address there. Well, you used right. to. I'm... Kind of. You have tenants there now. But um, yeah, it's Saganash. It's really cute. John. John Correct. has it. Correct. Oh. Um, so I, uh, since the last podcast, I've checked now and I've, I've seen three movies and read three books and seen a flock, a flock of television shows. But the thing I want to recommend is a book I read called What We Were Promised which is a first novel by a Chinese-American author named Lucy Tan. And it's, you know, it's pretty good. It's a first novel. She She's a pretty good writer, I would say, based on this. But the reason, the extra dimension that made this particularly interesting, and I particularly wanted to recommend it for our little podcast, is that the action of the story takes place in Shanghai, China during 2010, during the expo of 2010. So I thought that actually added quite a little extra dimension for me to read the book. And uh, so I'm recommending what we were promised by the book. I did read another book where I found out that uh, one of the great uh, heroes of American medicine 
actually is from Grand Rapids, but I can't remember. It's a woman's name, but I can't remember her name. Oh, what a teaser. But I did note that. You I should have written that down when I was reading. Curie? It was a book called Between Hope and Fear, and it's basically about the history of vaccination mm. and mm. other efforts to eradicate disease. All right, I'll have to remember that. Well, anyway. Thank but thank you. But thank yeah, you, Bill, thank for you, doing Bill. this. This, well, has, nice been a, yeah, thank you, this has been a fun adventure. Been I appreciate it. You can see how our rhythm or lack thereof occurs, and you did a great job Aww. of mediating for us. Yeah, so you that's were. Why I with rhythm? Yes. You were one of our top guests. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's wrap up. Thank to Bill Gronzo for being our guest. Thanks to Mary Heinz for her technical support. Thanks to Ted Enley for uh, writing and uh, performing the music you hear at the beginning and the ending of this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you're listening and you like what you hear, please rate us on uh, iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. And you can hear us and all of our episodes on those platforms, or you can hear us at twoguysinsearchofanargument.com, all spelled out. And you can leave a comment. You can leave a voicemail. uh, And probably if you do leave a comment, we'll probably talk about it on the air because we're just that kind of people. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in a fortnight.